send it to Hollywood. Show him the way he's moving to Hollywood. He's helping it to Hollywood. Good afternoon and welcome to another spectacular recording of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood, starring none other than Moya. I'm Moya and I don't know what we're doing today, Georgia. <laughs> Go ahead, Georgia. Before we got started, guys, Georgia and I had like a 30-minute conversation about Southern cuisine. We're, we're both Southern belles. And look, we are we are healing. I know some of y'all don't want it to happen, but we are healing racial wounds and divides because food always brings people together. So I did not know. I, so Georgia was talking about cheese whiz, and I said, I've never had cheese whiz. And, um, and so... Uh, I said, I never had cheese whiz. And I said, but I'm, I said, I don't, I'm sure you don't know about commodity cheese. And it's like, oh, yes, indeed. Like my grandmother would get commodity cheese. So I don't know for those of you who are not from the South or don't know about government food programs for like older or like low income people, like for old people, senior citizens. So these old people, I was telling Georgia, I used to look out my window when I was in uh, grade school and see these Poor old people lined up uh, like it was Christmas time at Walmart with a line snaked around our schoolyard, waiting in line with their little uh, pull or push carts. And the grannies, Georgia, they would be in their house coats with the rollers in their hair and their slippers on and, and their socks waiting on the commodities. And so one of the commodities was government cheese. So and, it, and so Georgia and I, we were like, that was the best freaking cheese in the world. Didn't we say that, Georgia? Yes, it was. I mean, it was the, made the perfect, I mean, the perfect grilled cheese sandwich. So if you guys know anything about commodity cheese, <laughs> commodity cheese, let us know. Notice it has nothing to do with Hollywood glamour, <laughs> Hollywood history. But this is food history. Commodities, commodities, government cheese, the peanut butter, the grape juice, the, the meat in the can. Let us know if you enjoy, and look, get like we know we want your recipes too, right, Georgia? Don't we want any recipes you have? We sure do. We would love to know. <laughs> Please follow us on Facebook, comment, share, like, subscribe. We have some videos up on uh on our YouTube page, and we're gonna start a new segment today, guys, called Make Me Like It. Georgia and I have been talking about this because she loves musicals. I was like, I hate musicals. I said, but if you if you want to do it, I said we're gonna well make me like it. And then we and so I said, oh yeah, you know that that could be a show. So make me like it. This is our first, and this is by accident. Uh, this 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 movie because you you when I say which movie it is, you're like, well, hey, that's a great movie. Okay, so in full disclosure, I was thinking about another movie suggested this movie by accident then when i started looking at it, like ah this movie ah, whatever and george was like no this movie was a big hit and that uh and he's like i like it i was like okay well let's do make me like it so georgia what is our first installment of make it make me like it what's our first movie it's the seventh veil yes and it was made in 1945 but released in the u.s in 1946 
Mm-hmm. And it has some big stars in it. It's got uh, Ann Todd and James Mason, and it also has Herbert Long in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was written by husband and wife team, Sydney Fox and Muriel Fox. And this movie was, even though it was filmed on a low budget, it was the biggest box office hit of the year and one of the most successful British films of all time. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah. I am totally serious. This if, movie. If you look at the uh, receipts uh, based on audience figures, it was number 10 of all time. Of, uh, and we're talking about every British movie. I don't believe ever that. Made. This was like number 10. That's how big it was. Get out of here. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Um, And guys, this. So we haven't done a, a British film in a while. You know, we started off with um, with Genevieve and uh, Wrong Arm of the Law, a Peter Sellers joint, and so we're back with a little British um, cinema. And George, don't don't you? Um, and guys, go. I, I I mentioned this documentary a while back. I know it's on Prime Video for sure. What killed British cinema? Please go back. Go, I mean, go and look at that documentary because I didn't even realize that British cinema was no longer how it was back then because british cinema was rivaling hollywood of course hollywood was still was still king but british cinema was right under it and so georgia uh what's the name of that production company i can't remember guys so this is the production company and i said i was gonna remember and i still forgot well you see the 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 big beefy muscular guy with hitting the gong before it comes on and that's so isn't that so um okay okay so isn't that that's so iconic that guy that's up there with the with the uh mgm lion and the fox searchlight and everything so in british cinema that guy hitting the gong and then there's the other one gainsborough and there's some other um british cinema but yeah so it's one of these productions so georgia tell us a little bit about this film so again it's georgia is going to try to she's not going to try to make me like it (laughs) but convince me that it's better than i i'm ignorant georgia so enlighten me okay well this is the thing about this movie at the time this movie was it started out as this is a psychological drama and it started like a genre of different psychological films like you know the movie suspicion and different ones after that about a psychiatrist you know helping a person out and uh the plot in this movie involves a uh young woman uh she's a renowned classical concert pianist and she has attempted suicide. And so this uh, psychologist or psychiatrist is going to put her under sleep hypnosis. And it's about the way, the reason this movie is called <clears throat> The Seven Veils is he feels like we all have these different veils that we use to cover or protect ourselves. Uh, and these veils are from things like, uh, you know, fear and uh just things holding us back you know we've had different psychological injuries and so what he's trying to do is put her under so that she can go back and regress into all these different things about the events that led up to her trying to commit suicide and so the when she's uh an she's an orphan and she becomes the ward of her second cousin and he is like a a Spengali figure. He mentors her to success as an acclaimed concert pianist. 
but she also becomes she falls in love and we you know learn about that and then we're kept guessing until the very end as to whether she's ever able to break away from the power that this mentor has over her and which man she chooses and i have to say that the ending is very abrupt and it's unexpected and surprising yes yes i love how georgia said about the ending yes we are keeping it from you we are we will not spoil it from you and just to sweeten um go back to what georgia said um anti's character and anti is has a face of an angel those of you who don't know who she is she looks like butter wouldn't melt in her mouth as the old saying goes <clears throat> very lovely to look at um she's an orphan and she falls into james mason's uh his his character his lap uh or into his, his home into his care she's 14 and georgia he's like he's about how old maybe 28 or something like that when we first meet him i, I think so but, yeah. it, but the interesting thing is in real life they're both the same age okay yeah but she plays she plays like a 14 year old very well yeah mm -hmm. I, I think you're right about the age yeah. he's supposed to be at yeah, yeah so about that age yeah let's give him between 28 and 30 she's 14 and she plays a you know, uh, a girl, a young girl, girl, you watch a grow up girl, young lady, teenager, you know, teenager, young lady and woman very, very convincingly. Um, so there's about a 14 year age gap. And so guys, um, in our last podcast, we did the doll house, a doll's house here in Essence doll house. Before that, we did the red shoes. And again, I picked this. I was trying to get another movie uh, with Ann Tide. I picked the picked this one by accident. Um, and we, it was the I was trying to do the paradigm case. I think I mentioned it. We, and we we're going to do the paradigm case um, later on. But anyway, so we were not trying to have a pattern of men controlling women, but it just so happened that we've done three in a row, but it was strictly by accident. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of, and going back to the doll's house, I remember asking Georgia, you know, was, could you take out your contemporary view when looking at a doll's house because you had to look at it in Edwardian times and Georgia like, no, it was difficult. Same thing with this movie too, right, Georgia? When she yes. goes into his house and he's filthy rich, <clears throat> His house now. Let's talk about the set design. Wasn't it captivating? The uh, uh, his house, Nicholas's. I think his name was Nicholas. Um, yes. Uh, what's his uh, Mason's character? I, I could not. I could hardly pay attention to the story for looking at that the set. Wasn't it? And, yes. and we've seen a lot of sets with these grand homes and they're almost like palaces. But for a one man to live in this absolute palace and whoever did the set design forgive us for not knowing if you know tell us in the um comments it was gorgeous wasn't it oh gosh yeah the, the his was, home was a in my opinion was a another character in the movie and it and it kind of did because the home swallowed her up. yeah because she was the only girl in an all-male home you know he had butlers and valets no women she had no one to talk to and his home just swallowed her up 
and the, and she gets he dominates her. He okay. locks her in a room and all this kind of stuff, like a a bird in a gilded cage and and what have you. So pay attention to the set design because it it kind of uh, plays a part in the movie. But Georgia and I were looking at it throughout. So I Georgia, this was your first time seeing this movie, right? Yes. Okay. So I saw it twenty something years ago. You know, with my twenty year old mind, I'm I'm not as exposed to the world. I was not as exposed to the world and it's uh it's cruelty towards kids as I as I am now. And I was like, oh, this is inappropriate. <laughs> this this is this is not good. <laughs> when she goes to the house and they first meet, Georgia, didn't you say you cringe too, right? I cringed <laughs> twice. Oh my god. <laughs> We don't want to ruin it. And it's not bad, guys. Again, for that time period, it's perfectly innocent. But still, ugh. It, it, uh, look, I asked George, I said, who wrote this? Was this a movie or a screenplay? And she said, no. Because you said it won an Oscar for the screenplay. Or was it, it nominated? Did. Okay, yeah. And you said it was a husband and wife team, right? Yes. Okay, so there yes. was a woman involved writing this. And so she thought was perfectly fine, obviously, to have this little fourteen-year-old girl go live with this twenty-year-old. Could you imagine that today? A fourteen-year-old no. girl. I don't care how rich he was; he could be rich as Bezos. Go live with some dude she ain't never met. Girl, that is not no, but hell no. Uh uh. Oh yeah, I know that wouldn't happen today because. I mean, it, you can just imagine how no. inappropriate it would be. Yeah, but it, back then they didn't think anything of it. No, I mean, and you and, and really, you like thank God, like on Monopoly, your rich uncle just gave you X amount of dollars, you know. So you thinking it's a blessing, you know? She don't have to be on the streets or whatever because her dad died, so she became an orphan because she was away at a um, boarding school. So he died and, but this is what I want to know, Georgia. Why couldn't she go, why couldn't he just pay for her to stay at the boarding school? Well, then we wouldn't have had a movie, would we? Right, true, <laughs> true. Well, yeah, he could have, he could have. He could have. You're right. He could have just uh, paid for her to stay at the boarding school. You're absolutely right. So that's yeah. why I think, I'm like, oh, this is, I did, I, I was very uncomfortable with the plot in this movie um oh yeah and uh and like i said the, the movie is innocent you're not gonna see anything yucky but there were a couple of scenes some dialogue you're like you, well you have to wait wait a minute <laughs> there was a scene where he had a cat <laughs> the cat in his lap not the cat in his hat not the cat in the hat the cat in his lap and just pay attention to that scene i'm not gonna tell you what happened. i'm like oh come on it's like is this a joke <laughs> like y'all are y'all trying to be funny here <laughs> I know. Oh. I didn't know whether to laugh or to just be hard. I was horrified. I was. I was mortified. <laughs> I was like, laugh. this is not right. I don't care what year this is. How did, like you said, how did this get past the censors? So I'm like, were they trying to be, was this innuendo or was it a metaphor? So, but we're going to move along in the story. So, Georgia, don't let me stop. So, what else in the story can we say? Well, I have to tell you, there is some interesting trivia, too, about this movie. Mm -hmm. um, the um, <laughs> well, there, well, there's a couple of things that I wanted to point out. If the psychiatrist Herbert Lom looks familiar and you can't quite place him, it's because uh, he played uh, 
the stressed out Inspector Dreyfus in the Pink Panther. Yes. Which proves how great of an actor he yes. was and what incredible talent and range yes. he could play. Yes. This man could play a very serious psychiatrist and then also he plays for comic laughs. Yes. That's how good the man was. So yes. I wanted to point that out. Yes. Um, but there's also some really very juicy trivia. James Mason and Ann Todd had an affair while working on this film. What? They what did? I'm she, not surprised. <laughs> I know, right? She disclosed that to the person who was writing uh, James Mason's biography. And <laughs> so, yeah, there's a little bit of, yeah, a little trivia there. I can believe and, it. And then also she made a very interesting quote and i'm gonna to have to redact it a little bit because i don't want to give too much away but she when she was talking about this movie she said um the men in this movie saw me as a victim and the women thrilled to mason's power and cruelty as women have thrilled to this since the world began however much they deny it Yes. And I am, I was like, I was thinking to myself, so you think women are actually attracted and want somebody who, you know, just like her, her, her second cousin, Nicholas was with her, that somehow she was just drawn to him and she, you know, was compelled to have feelings for him even though he was this was a very controlling and i and downright abusive person yes. in this movie yes um and so i thought to myself as i'm watching this he needs the psychiatric <laughs> care more than she does yes. that's what i thought ding, 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 ding. You know, yes you know one of the things that we talk about in our movies is you know life lessons and i feel that like a healthy person is drawn to to healthy yes and if a yes. person is sick and not well they're drawn to somebody who is also who who's at their same level of dysfunction yes they're drawn to somebody who is also dysfunctional and unhealthy like they are right and so i want to say to our viewers if you think that this movie is trying to say you know the way you know he's supposed to be her benefactor and help her because yes she would not have reached this level of acclaim that she did i mean she was a world-renowned concert pianist. I mean, yes. she played all over Europe in this movie. Mm -hmm. And yes, she would not have reached that level without him. That's true. However, was this um, a healthy relationship? In my book, absolutely not. No. No. Hell no. no. Mm -mm. So there are two other suitors who who are you know involved in this movie and so at the end you know that's what we're going to be looking at you know what choice does she end up making and so um this so this is the reason why boy and i are calling it make me like it because mm -hmm. there is there are some very clear modern day messages and and lessons that you can get from this movie yes Georgia, you, you hit the nail on the head and I couldn't have explained it better. And the reason why I was like, ah, you know, I just thought the movie was okay. Um, and again, nothing taking nothing wrong, taking nothing away from the production and the actors, of course not. But I was like, man, this is like an early lifetime movie. That's all this is. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> this is a, 
a precursor to Lifetime movie, but as only my partner in podcasting can do, Georgia, to bring out the life lesson and, and anti saying what she said about, about women with these men. Because, yeah, we all know the old adage, you know, all, uh, most women like a bad boy. And that's true. I'm not even going to sit up here and lie about that. Um, you know, when you're younger and you're foolish, you know, or not as wise, let me just say that. You know, you, you're living, you're having fun. That is exciting and invigorating and the forbidden fruit or whatever like that. You would hope when you get older you understand how the world works and you're looking for security and less sanity. But, you know, Georgia, some women don't grow up. Like a lot of men don't grow up. Still immature. Uh, me and my husband were talking about uh, a cousin of his who was like in his mid-50s, still want to be out here in these streets. Uh, not just chasing women, you know, because some men, they just love to have a lot of women. But like like a young dude, like trying to have multiple women and, you know, <laughs> like, oh, come on, bro. You know, get real, grow up. So if you are, uh, oh, now women, we can't do that because we all know we got it. I don't care if you believe it or not. You got expiration date on your, uh, invisible expiration date on your back and you're going to spoil just like milk. So you can't do that. <laughs> you can't, and I don't make the rules. It's just how it is. <laughs> don't get mad with me. Don't come for me. I, I just want to see some 35-year-old woman try to play that game, have, having multiple men. Anyway, we, I ain't going down that rabbit hole. You just, it's just not the same. But everybody needs to grow up, Georgia. And back to what Anti was saying, and what you said was so profound. You know, when you look at this movie, again, this girl is at boarding school. She probably has daddy issues. You know, he the, uh, the, the dad died. We never see the dad. So she's looking for some, obviously, parental father figure james mason is very young that's probably early on his pretty early pretty early on in his career he had been out for a little while but this is you know he's young in his, and james mason when he was younger was extremely dark and handsome and so any young girl would have fallen for him so that but that goes back to what me and georgia was saying the creep factor you know in the movie because it's the movie is innocent so to speak as on a surface level but in the ending, you know, when certain things happen, you'd be like, damn, was he grooming her? I mean, you know, Georgia? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, it, it, you know, you could go back and there's nothing he's outright said or did. But again, fast forward to today's time. Would you, would it be appropriate for a 14-year-old orphan girl to go live with a male cousin once removed she's never seen before? Because he's our only living relative and he has a lot of money and take would that be appropriate? Boy, not in today's world. No. Uh, everybody would oh no no. Anybody with sense? Cause you would say, bruh, why don't you keep paying for the girl to stay in her boarding school? That would be the best situation for everyone around. But go and live with you. And you're a bachelor. There's no I just I told you earlier there was yeah. no women in that home. That is not right. That is not good. I don't care how yeah. liberal minded. You gonna be liberal minded with your own damn children. <laughs> no, if I hadn't to say this little girl would have never went to stay with him because it's not it was not appropriate. Yeah. And you will see the relationship again, nothing bad. 
it was strictly business, huh, Georgia? Not until a certain point in the movie, and it's still you still couldn't nail them down and say it was anything bad. Wasn't their relationship strictly business for the most part? It was. It yeah. was. There was no um, sexual. There yeah. Was, no, there was. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't anything like that. No. Yeah, there was no. In fact, um, you know, he didn't even want her to express her gratitude right you know towards him he didn't want any of that right um but you know i to me you know i know that the production on this was fantastic and this movie was the top grossing one in britain for the year and one of the top 10 of all time and so i'm thinking to myself you know there there had to be a reason why people why this movie was so popular with people mm -hmm. and and so if our listeners want to let us know if they really like this movie, if it, if it's one of their favorites, if they see a lot of redeeming value in this and they love it and it's one of, let us know, let us know what you think, how yes. you feel about this movie Yes. and and what resonates with you and why you think it deserves to be up there like that. Tell yes. us so that we'll know, you know, it's, it's like why we call this segment make me like it yes and i'm gonna end it right there george that that is pitch perfect ending um i can't say anything else about it is this movie is is an is a mystery to me in effect because like i said make what is it about <laughs> to, for the top 10 when i think of all the great british films i when you told me that i am shocked so I have nothing else to say on that point. You ended it absolutely perfectly. George, is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No, that's going to wrap it up for me. Okay. Well, guys, thank you all so much. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, share. We're on Facebook, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Uh, YouTube, uh, same name. And we're on all the listening platforms. And we thank you so much for your support. And I'll... Um, for subscribing to us and we are looking forward to, to the next episode of how better davis saved my life life lessons from classic hollywood and don't forget guys i haven't said in a while make sure that you are the superstar in your own show take care oh.